Last season on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. Welcome everybody to the Shake and Blake Show. My name is Blake Crawford. Woo! Correct. Let's go. It's correct. Yes. Along with the milk and cookies, I'll leave you with some of the masterpiece they call the Kansas City Barbecue. <laughs> Mark Marcus, Marcus, could you, could you help us out? Felix and Udika, you There we go. Mayor mortals, we are gathered here today to commemorate a legend, a god amongst all humankind, a titan of the game, a Goliath in a world of Davids. She got it. She got it. The NCAA record. Mark, it is man. It's a great day to be a Wildcat. E-maw. E-maw. I get goosebumps when I say it. Welcome, everybody, into the debut episode of Willie's Archive. But, John, I'm going to go right to you with this. Is this the most important win in K-State history? You definitely have to consider it to be the most important game in K-State history. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. And it's shaking bank time. All right, John, we're here for the official kind of first episode back of the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove here to talk actually about uh, K-State sports. So a dynamic um, duo back. Yeah, there. we're back. Uh, now, luckily for us, John, um, people like yourself, and, you know, the Aggieville Alley Cats and Scott Wildcat over at Bosco's Boys and the guys at the Three Ma pod and everyone, all of the great contributors on K-State Twitter have been able to keep me and uh, everyone else up to date on everything happening with K-State sports, which cannot thank them enough for that. But, John, I want to start you off. This isn't exactly relevant to, like, all the recent news, but I just want to ask you, what do you think K-State's best sport is? Because I get asked that a lot, and I'm not really sure what to say. At the moment, and in terms of who would bring the most amount of excitement, uh, in terms of a fan's perspective, it'd probably be football or basketball. What, yeah, what but the- more just like, like in terms of just like objectively, like how good are you at this sport? I'd probably say, I'd probably say a tie between football, just just based on the recent, uh, uh, just some of the recent uh, success over over uh, in the Chris Kleiman era. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe women's basketball if they can get a big year under Aoka Lee. Um, I, yeah, I've been telling people women's basketball. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking women's basketball is is a strong possibility. Of course, you got the volleyball team. They made the NCAA tournament a year ago. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see how baseball does as well. They're they're going to bring back a few key players as well. So it so uh, we'll we'll see how it all unfolds in uh, uh, in the fall. And we'll get a good look at soccer starting on August 6th as well. So Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I just I, – people would ask me that. I didn't really know what to say because I feel like – I mean, I, I said, like, crop judging and meat judging is, like, a joke. But, like, we're just, like – We did we we did win the meat judging national championship. Uh, of course we did. Beating Texas Tech. I mean, I, I want to say, of course, Texas Tech, they've won the – I think they've won the last three meat judging – Oh, really? Championships. I mean, K-State, K-State won it this year. My, so, I'm not. My apologies. I'm not caught up in the meat judging right. lore. <laughs> it's all good. It's it's all about history and all. Yeah. So uh, I mean, that was kind of just. I just, that just kind of came to my mind to start out. But there's so much to cover, John. I mean, I feel I feel kind of out of the loop just being so far away. So John, you just started off wherever you want to go with this. You could start conference realignment or football recruiting, basketball recruiting. So many different directions we can go. Uh. It, it's it's up to you uh i i, I don't have any pre- can, that's you, not allowed you're you're the one hosting the show buddy i can't <laughs> i can't pass it to you and then you pass it back to me you, you take the ship my uh, all the pressure <laughs> well i guess we could just hit on i mean you know i guess we missed on we missed a lot of football recruiting obviously avery, yeah. avery johnson commits to k-state which was absolutely huge one of the biggest k-state recruits probably ever yeah, um, Dylan Edwards also, you know, committed and then what, 36 days later, something like that, um, yeah. decommitted, is committing on August 6th and uh, going to probably going to commit to Notre Dame considering he got an offer, you know, two days before decommitting. So um, a lot of mixed reactions on K-State Twitter. Some people are angry. You know, some people are a little more sympathetic, you know, given he's, you know, a 17-year-old kid. Yeah, but, nothing but the best and all yeah. that stuff. 
uh, it goes yeah. both. Yeah, go ahead, John. Uh, like you were gonna say, it, it definitely goes both ways, and uh, I mean to. But these days, you really don't know what what's in the mind of some of these recruits. Um, of course, with with uh, I'll touch on Dylan Edwards first, um, since uh, he just previously announced uh, he will be decommitting from K State after after just taking a visit to Notre Dame. Uh, I was I was not anticipating for some other schools to to come calling for Dylan Edwards, but you know when you shine when you when you uh, shine bright on a on a big on some of the bigger uh, stages of like some of uh, the uh, some of these summer camps. Uh, he's going to gain some national exposure and a lot of in a lot of big time schools like Notre Dame they're going to be uh, paying attention and uh, what what was great seeing him gain national exposure uh, and and by all means wishing him nothing but the best of luck um, uh, wherever he ends up I'm a little bit disappointed he he didn't make the decision after the after the summer camps rather than announcing his verbal commitment a year ago I mean, I, I don't really understand then why 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 even having a signing ceremony in the first place. But I mean, you you, you know, with that being said, the best we can do at this point it, it's to move on. Let let Edwards do what's best for him. Uh, I mean, t- take it with a grain of salt if you're a K State fan. You, this is this is nothing new to some of these to some of these bigger schools. All right. Um, there's a lot of fan bases that that care more about football recruiting season than basketball season, um, because that because that's what drive because that's what drives mainly some of those SEC towns. Uh, you know, like some of the top town from Georgia, they'll go to Alabama. There's going to be a lot of rem- ramifications about that. Uh, same kind of goes with Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, so when so when K State kind of gets into the gets kind of gets into some of a higher recruiting. Uh, you're going to have to sometimes expect the unexpected. Um, but with, with that being said, uh, I mean, we, even with the loss of Edwards, K-State still has one of the best best classes, if not the best recruiting class in program history. And there, there's still a lot of opportunities uh, to add talent moving forward, for sure. John, you're scaring me a little bit. You just like, I was going to say the exact same thing, like not, ex- but like the exact, almost like he committed too early. Spider-Man, it's that simple. Spider-Man meme. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll put this out uh, uh, and then put it out on Twitter sometime. But yeah, uh, you, you, you know, I mean, you, you're, you, I, that's pretty much all I can say for, for the most part on the Dylan Edwards front. Um, I, and especially with the, with the um, ever-changing landscape with NIL playing a big role into recruiting now, um, we, we've seen Josh Manning uh, he was like, I believe, 30 minutes away from committing to K-State, uh, but ultimately he decides to held, held back his recruiting because of, because apparently from what I've heard, Missouri made a big play for um, uh, Josh Manning late with, with potentially an, a big NIL deal that I believe he wouldn't have been able to turn down. So there's just some of that stuff now. And when you're competing against some of the big boys, you're going to have to try and up, up your game, uh, whether it's but especially through NIL these days, like um, you're, you're able to get the players on campus and show them, show them the, the uh, facilities and all that. That's great. But as time goes on, uh, now they're going to be focused on uh, not more than just their education, more on some of the uh, program prestige and all that. It's going to be all about the money here pretty soon uh, with what NIL is, uh, has been uh, doing towards college sports. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, we probably we kind of did see this coming, but I mean, it's still definitely hurt. You know, I think Dylan Edwards, you know, based on what I've heard from other people, you know, just kind of, he, you know, he really enjoys being recruited, which I don't blame him. I mean, to get all this attention, it's a lot of fun, you know, have a guy make some cool graphics for you, get a bunch of cool stuff sent to you and to get offers from Oklahoma, Oregon, Notre Dame. I mean, those are serious programs. And I mean, obviously, if you got an offer from Notre Dame, even if you're committed to K-State, you have no intention of going to Notre Dame. You know, I would still put it out there to get I'm getting offered from Notre Dame. But I think he just got caught up in the hype and at what it meant to K-State fans and having his dad be from K-State and stuff. But it just really puts a bad taste in your mouth when you account for everything he said, you know, during his commitment about loyalty and, you know, yeah. what made, made him come to K-State is loyalty. And then K-State hears he's decommitting on Twitter. 
like it's just you know i think it's just best to go our separate ways and just chase the heck out of john randall honestly it, it, it kind of the the loyalty part of it kind of reminds me with what chris beard said during his uh, introductory uh press press and uh press what <laughs> it's a summer and i'm blinking already conference uh, press conference yeah press conference yeah. so yeah uh chris beard had uh of course now the texas head coach uh previously was at texas tech and he said what is could there be any possible uh like could there be any other schools that could be trying to poach chris beard uh he said um i think during his first uh during his first uh during his first speech uh he said texas tech is mama and and i'm gonna stay where mom where mama is and so, something like that and then uh, of course, you, you got Texas bringing out the big bucks. So, I, and, and this is not only kind of playing playing into jobs and recruiting. Uh, I mean, we're already seeing it with with some of the conference realignment, in which we will touch on a little bit later on. But they're starting to become more of uh, more of like a more visibility when it comes to not to not being able to trust. Um, some of the people that are that work alongside you and 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 who, people who 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 trust you in a way it, it it's kind of it's kind of a harsh reality but apparently but it looks like that's where we're heading for the most part yeah i mean hindsight being 2020 it's just questionable why he would even say you know when i mean i guess if he's asked directly if he plans on decommitting or entering the transfer portal it's obvious it's you know you just want to say you're not going to decommit and uh you know go through the transfer portal and stuff but i mean it just seemed inevitable that he was you know he wanted to, you know, make the show go on for a little longer. He commits to K-State. There's all this love. And then it kind of calms down for a little bit. You know, if you want to still get in on that kind of stuff, just make, you know, you can still keep going through September and, you know, even later on to National Signing Day. So, I mean, just he should have just committed later. I don't know what he's, you know, he just put K-State fans on a roller coaster that he didn't need to put them through. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's probably going to commit to Notre Dame. Wish him nothing but the best. That's absolutely awesome to, you yeah. know, see a guy from Kansas. You know, I'm 30 minutes away from you know, Derby High School plays my hometown high school football team and beats the crap out of them every year. So, I mean, <laughs> see him go to Notre Dame, like, that's awesome. It's just, you know, the way he got there kind of is a little bit unfortunate. It could leave a bit of a sour taste in your mouth, but, you know, there's nothing to really be mad about. Obviously, K-State has no regrets. They did everything they could. So, just got to move on. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll leave a bad taste in your mouth, like you said, but uh, for, for a player, especially from the state of Kansas, in which historically – you you don't you don't consider Kansas as one of the bigger re, re, uh, football recruiting pipelines uh, in the country. Well, now you're seeing uh, two players, uh, two of the top five players in the state of Kansas, uh, likely going to Notre Dame. We've seen Joe Odding uh, make make his decision to Notre Dame uh, makes sense. Hayden Hayden Catholic School. Uh, he was a Catholic kid. It, it makes a lot of sense. And then you got Dylan Edwards, in which uh, he's all he, he's really all about the national attention uh and i and again take it with a grain of salt i'm not sure if k-state would have been able to provide the national attention compared to well like the likes of what notre dame oregon or oklahoma would have had and for, for oklahoma, looking at the dylan edwards situation with oklahoma it looked as if he was going to become the next running back for them um but oklahoma they had they had um they were looking at some of some of the other running backs as well. I believe Khalib, I, I, I might be wrong on his name, but something like Khalib Jones or something like that. Uh, uh, he, one of the top running backs uh, in the 2023 recruiting class, he suddenly recruits to Oklahoma. And, you know, that kind of sets a ripple effect for Dylan Edwards in terms of like how, like where, where he's going to end up. But I mean, you, you know, when, when, when you're, time when you're when you when when it's your time to shine bright on on a national stage i don't know if k-state would have been able to like provide the ultimate uh national spotlight compared to to what notre dame oregon or oklahoma e even nebraska too given given how horribly horrific the scott frost era has been as well yeah uh, We'll, we'll, we'll touch on Nebraska too, by the way, is it, it, they aren't, they aren't getting out of this episode easy. <laughs> of course not. We can't ever let them do that. You know, John, it's actually kind of interesting the way the timing has kind of worked out with football and basketball, us hiring 
Jerome Tang and then this 2023 class being the, you know, the Ad Astra All-Stars, this supreme, mm -hmm. you know, t crop of talent out of Kansas that you really don't want to let get out of the state. And, you know, we've had a bunch of great, you know, recruits um, and transfers come through, you know, saying, you know, they're interested in K-State and, you know, haven't gone quite our way. Antoine Davis obviously comes to mind. Um, but I think it's just something we kind of get used to. We're playing with the big boys now, you know, we're competing with mm -hmm. Notre Dame and all these other schools, especially in basketball. We get a bunch of big schools that we're competing yeah. with as well. It's just something we're going to have to get used to, you know, you're not going to bat a hundred, you know, bat a thousand with all these great recruits and all these great offers. So, I mean, the fact that we still have our headliner in every Johnson in basketball, you know, you still have Ames, who's a four-star recruit, you know, he's, who's, die, die. What, yeah, who's the top, he's like, you know, 13th best guard number, in the country. I mean, it's just number absurd. Number one, number one prospect in the state of Illinois. And um, yeah, that's, that's saying a lot coming, uh, coming up elite from the Chicago area. So yeah, that that's a big pickup in, for K-State and, uh, I'll, I'll say this for both for both uh, for both teams before we kind of get into the basketball recruiting a little bit more. Um, I mean, you got to tip your cap to uh, to the coaching staffs on each side, because because back back in my heyday, um, like when I was around middle school and the pre high school, uh, no nobody really uh, took took um, K State recruiting seriously. Like it, it wasn't we weren't looking at this up uh, annually on Twitter. Um, but, but now K-State coaches are finding ways to making things more entertaining for, for our sakes. Make, uh, and now we're seeing, now we're getting into this new world of recruiting. And you know, it's, it's gonna take some time. Uh, like, like I said, there's gonna be a lot of bumps on the road, but you know, everybody, everybody, uh, everybody except maybe Alabama, uh, we'll be we'll be suffering bumps on the road as well. So uh, it, it's 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 kind of a new reality as 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 a K State fan, but it's also a good reality as well, as, uh, especially considering that you're now keeping up with some of the big boys. No, it's definitely the place you want to be. You know, we're definitely punching above our weight class right now. Given you know, especially I mean, even to think five months ago, Bruce Weber's talking about how hard it is to recruit, and he's just I mean he's Jerome Tang's making him look real stupid right now, especially with the recent um, couple of prospects, um, you know, the transfer from Florida, Keontae Johnson, who's looking likely to maybe come to K-State and RJ Jones as well, a 2023 recruit, really solid guys. And I know I've heard, you know, Ke Keontae Johnson could be a guy that could boost um, K-State, you know, into top five in the big 12, making the tournament and, you know, could be one of the biggest turnarounds you'll ever see, um, especially with a totally different roster. It's incredible to to think where where K State was back in March. Uh, Bruce Weber uh, he resigns and and a lot of players uh, uh, leave the program and you're pretty much left with uh, uh, Marquise Noel and Ish Masood. The way the coaching staff has not only built up uh, built this roster but also built the team's cohesiveness, some of the chemistry. Um, I'm looking at some of the Instagram stories. Uh, in which they're, they're, they're bonding with each other. Um, this this is a coaching staff that knows what who they're working with, and and uh, guys and and uh, they're also and the coaches also know um, how they're able to work their magic towards some of the players. I mean, I mean, it, it's even it's showing on the on the recruiting show right now. Uh, I mean, with Dai Dai Ames, I mean, we were we were on the verge of getting Hayden Blocker as well. So. I mean, this comes to show this coaching staff is not messing around when it comes to recruiting. No, I mean, they're definitely forward thinking as well, understanding how NIL works and how to, you know, uh, work with the transfer portal and getting their own guys. And obviously we could talk about Rodney Perry, who's officially been hired now and yeah. the, the Midwest connections that he has and we'll be able to bring to K-State, which will be absolutely huge. I mean, we really have all of our kind of all of our ducks in a row with our coaching staff and everything is really starting to come together. And it's crazy to think, John, back in, you know, April or whenever, whenever Jerome Tang got hired, those first few weeks, you know, we were just eagerly waiting. Everyone's transferring and we have like three players on our roster and we just like, man, we really can man. use them. You know, we're like, things are getting kind of like crazy. Like we haven't had a, anybody transferred a little bit. We just wanted all to come at once. But now that it's August and we've seen what's happened 
it's just been nothing short of amazing. And I mean, it's, it's a new era, I think for um, both sports in, at K-State. And I think it's one that, you know, is going to lead to a lot of success down the road. I mean, like, like you said, and uh, just, just with the, just with the type of players that we're getting in general, you, you weren't, you weren't seeing these back in the, even with Bruce Weber or the Bill Snyder days. Um, but it, it, it's, it's definitely in terms of, in terms of my experience, it, it's definitely caught, caught a brand new eye in terms of how I look at K-State from not only a brand standpoint, but now you're, but I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't even big on the recruiting standpoint as uh, back, uh, back, uh, I mean, like a, like a year ago, if you were to tell me uh, K-State's going to go out and these guys, uh, get, get some of these high quality players, I was like, well, we'll see, but there's probably going to be some big schools that are going to be uh, competing with them. And yeah, while some of them got, got there, still some of the players, uh, K-State's got their, K-State's got their bone and uh, got bone in this fight as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just like for so long, we're just, we've kind of just accepted ourselves as the guy, as the team that, you know, finds diamonds in the roughs, works Juco, you know, yeah. all the Juco players, two-star recruits, and just turned them into great players, you know, high character guys, which is great and everything to be able to do a lot with a little, but if you can do a lot with a little, then I'm sure you can do a lot with a lot, um, <laughs> and to be able to get these guys like that, because K-State is a great place to be. I mean, we pack Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And it's a great environment to be at. I mean, our our broadcaster goes to Arizona State. They can't get 10,000 people to show up to a football game, you know. So, I mean, yeah. just the energy that comes to K-State, just, just unmatched, I think. And, you know, it's just a great fan base that really, you know, like I think you said in part one, you know, there's nothing better to do in, in Manhattan than just watch some college football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but like you said, if it, this is a great this is a great way to say how much be, how much we uh, these uh, cities and their fan bases care about the programs. I mean, you see some of the recruits with Avery Johnson, previously with Dylan Edwards, they had tons of K-State fans uh, sending out GIFs, memes. You also got coaches coming out, well, well, the basketball coaches have been hitting on social media hard, and the K-State, and the K-State fan bases, they're, they're flowing all over the place. <laughs> So, so not only you got the social media side of things, but you're also proving yourself not only with the football attendance as well, and which we can touch on that once when we once when the conference realignment spark, once when we talk about some of the conference realignment stuff. Um, but even but now with basketball, um, with Jerome Tang, there's starting to become a lot more excitement. A lot more people are are buying into to what they're making in Manhattan and. Um, I, I remember talking to uh, I remember talking to um, uh, the uh, head of the mass communications and journalism, the director uh, Stephen Smithers. He was not going to any of the K State basketball games throughout the past few years, um, but now with this new coaching staff and and with the amount of excitement that's starting to build up, uh, he decided to buy tickets. And you know, it's it's stuff like that that makes K State great, and it's and it's and it's and it's stuff. And it's it's what K State fans pour that pour back is what it's what makes uh, just just the athletic side of this of this uh, university fantastic. Yeah, I mean it's even something as simple as Jerome Tang getting hired at K State and seeing what Taylor Bratt does for K State football recruits bring on the Cats and seeing like oh that's cool like why don't I do that for all the recruits that come to K State and making the Ema meme and everything like that and then just the flood of you know all the different gifts that come. Um, when it's just a great way to engage with a community obviously all the videos are super funny as well seeing them do karaoke in somebody's basement I think I think there was a video where like I think it was Anthony Winchester the I think it's a strength coach was hitting the gritty and you know it's just like you know it's just that little stuff that really makes a big difference in you know engaging with with the with the fans and making it you know people want to come out and watch you being charismatic but also you know they obviously work work their butt off on the recruiting trail and they got some great guys. It's going to be real. It's going to take a little bit, you know, getting used to everybody's name when they're actually on the court together. But um, I think it's going to be a great team. I think we're going to make the tournament. I think, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a hot take, but probably not much K-State fans, but. I, I guess, I guess we'll wait and find out uh, as we approach yeah. basketball season, but 
uh, I mean, but you're, you're, if you're, if, if K-State's able to land Keontae Johnson uh, from Florida, um, you, you have a lot of pieces that, that can instantly connect um, uh, through, through, through some of a rhythmic uh, and, all, and all that stuff. Um, you, you're getting all the pieces together. It's kind of like Lincoln Riley. He, did, he had nothing to work with at Oklahoma. I mean, sorry, USC until he brought in a bunch of transfers. I mean, we seen this yeah. with Texas Tech last year under Mark Adams in basketball. We saw this uh, with Iowa State and TJ Altsberger. Um, so seeing this stuff potentially happen at K State, it's it's not impossible. Yeah, for, definitely for, for, for K State to make the tournament. Yeah. So uh, there's one other thing I want to hit on John before we get take a quick break and go to conference realignment. Um, with Avery Johnson committing to K-State, the thing that intrigues me the most is if, zooming way out for the big picture in terms of our quarterback situation in the next mm-hmm. couple of years. Because we've got Adrian Martinez right now for one year and Will Howard, who will probably redshirt, knock on wood, God willing, um, and what be a redshirt junior, I believe. Um, so what, going into the 2023 season, we have redshirt junior, Will Howard, redshirt sophomore Jake Rubley, and then yep. freshman Avery Johnson. And then oh, you Jake. also have, you you also have Adrian Laura as oh, well. Oh yeah, uh, you you have to put him into consideration as well. Yeah, I'd imagine he'll. I mean, he probably will be in the transfer portal in a couple yeah. years, so we'll see. But I mean, it's it, it's, it, it, it's going to be an interesting situation. Um, of course, you'll have Adrian Martinez starting this year. Um, bargaining any help again, knock on wood. Bargaining any uh, help, help problems uh, in terms of a quarterback position. K State should be fine on that on that regards. But in terms of the Will Howard situation, and, and to a lesser extent, Jake Rubley, it will be interesting to see how they develop under uh, under Colin Klein's new offensive scheme because it, it felt as if Courtney Messingham was able to get was able to work Skylar Thompson's offense. But once when he goes down, Bishop, Bishop kind of, it, it kind of becomes the Titanic instantly. Yeah. I just, I just, I didn't really get it with Messingham when Will Howard was in the game. It seemed like we treated him like a five-year-old, like he couldn't do anything besides the most basic offense. Our yeah. playbook just shrunk to like 15 plays. It was really frustrating. Cause I mean, you know, quick climate talked about all the, progress Howard had made um in the offseason he was the best backup quarterback in the country or whatever probably a bold statement but I mean hypothetically in 2023 with the three guys you have there it's just you know I just I don't think K-State fans feel confident you know, especially as they would be this year with um you know Will Howard at quarterback which is just unfortunate but I think it's true and I mean you haven't heard a ton about Jake Robley, especially nothing like great. It seems like he's been, you know, doing okay, but nothing like, you know, how as hyped up as he was, he was probably the biggest root recruit before Adrian Avery Johnson, you know, that K-State had had probably since Josh Freeman at quarterback. So it's kind of weird that, you, you know, we haven't had all these, you know, highly recruited quarterbacks for a while. And then we get two in a row. It creates for, you kind of have too much of a good thing really going on. So I, I've, I'm, I'm, it's, it'll take a few years, obviously, but I'm really intrigued to see how that will kind of progress and, you know, what climate will do. Uh, yeah, and I, I think when it comes to Jake Rubley, uh, it, it's more of like, uh, don't judge a book by its cover uh, yeah. type of situation in which uh, he looked, re- I mean, like a lot of K-State fans were really high on him on paper and so was some of the media in Kansas and Colorado, especially since that's where he's from. Um, but uh, ultimately, it hasn't panned out um, in his first year. We'll see uh, how things slide in his second year. But if nothing can, if nothing can get going uh, for his sakes, um, it might be in the best interest to see uh, Jake Rubley uh, land somewhere else. I, again, I mean, we'll see how this season goes. But um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the how the situation uh, with the likes of Jake Rubley and Adrian Lara too, because uh, Lara uh, kind of came in with a little bit of an edge as well, um, saying that he he is anticipating some starting time, but uh, I'm I, I don't know if I'd buy into that stock just yet. No, 
I highly doubt it. I mean, unless something just, yeah. you know, I mean, I know we're just looking at stars on, you know, rivals pages, but uh, mm. based on, based on, you know, the information that we have now, it would be, it would seem pretty unlikely we'd see Adrian Laura make too many starts in a K-State uniform. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I mean, you also got Max Marsh as well, in which about, that's more to the side as a, as a, as another option as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we just have, you know, plenty of people to work with luckily for us. So I think it's a good place to end it. Obviously, you know, that'll take time to play for that to play out, well, but um, go ahead. I, I, so I think, I think in terms of, <laughs> oh, dang it. I, I don't know where I was going with that, but it, it, it's all good. You, you, you can. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a long summer, Blake. It, oh yeah. It's been a long been... summer. Oh, the the heat is getting to you. I think you're just you know, the humidity. It's, it's yeah, too it's too much. Even even at even at night, it's I I, I can oh still feel it coming out of coming out of me. You don't know how thankful I will be when I get back home and I actually like use blankets when I go to sleep. Like oh my gosh, and not sweat through my sheets every night. It's oh, it's, oh I don't even want to think about it because it's, it's I still got to wait a little bit. Still got to wait a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, John, let's take a quick break and then we will delve into the deep, deep rabbit hole that has once again peaked its, I don't want to say ugly head, but it's very interesting head in conference realignment. So uh, we'll take a quick break and come right back on the Shake and Blake show with Blake Croft and John Grove. Woo! And we are back, John, here to break down the wacky, wacky world of conference realignment. John, I don't know the exact play-by-play on everything that happened, but, I mean, UCLA and USC are joining the Big Ten and just like a mad dash to kind of swoop up the rest of the Pac-12 started to happen. Nothing's official yet, but there were a bunch of crazy theories you know, obviously with a new Big 12 commissioner as well, that makes things a lot more interesting as well. It's it's just a world of chaos. Take me through it, John. The mad, the mad dash for cash is what a lot of people <laughs> call it these days. But, uh, you know, the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten, uh, a month, uh, I, I think a month back ar- around today, um, they, they announced uh, they'll be, uh, they, they, uh, they, um, plan on having USC and UCLA by the 2024 season. Um, and that, that, and uh, it'll go a long ways uh, with their T with their upcoming TV negotiations, uh, which uh, their revenue will likely increase to $1.5 billion. Um, so there, there's going to be a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of networks, particularly Fox, uh, but you also have NBC and CBS will be, will also be trying to, uh, get a hold on some of the on Big Ten football, some of marquee names like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC. I mean Nebraska when they're good as well. But um, for for the Big Ten, this becomes really the first coast to coast conference. Like we, I mean, like we've seen West Virginia in the Big Twelve. We've seen Missouri play Florida in the in the SEC. But now we're getting records in Los Angeles. And this is a good move uh, for the, and this is a good move for both sides, especially from the Big Ten. You lock down the top three biggest markets, uh, in 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 the in North America with uh, L.A. Well, New York is first, I believe. L.A. is second, and then you got Chicago at third. Um, so that that's going to work out perfectly for the Big Ten. And if they're able to some way find find a way to entice Notre Dame into the conference, um, um, that's going to go a long ways as well because you already got uh, like three or four of Notre Dame's biggest rivals that will be in the Big Ten with USC joining the conference. Um, and, this, and this is a good move for USC and UCLA's part, particularly for UCLA. Um, they were on the verge of uh, cutting some of, their, some of the minor sports. Um, um, they were financially... Uh, they were financially low uh, um, on debt. Um, they needed to find some way to, to uh, find some way to uh, increase their increase their revenue. And I think joining the Big Ten will go a long ways for UCLA. And then you also got USC. If you bring UCLA, uh, you bring USC. It's pretty much like a travel 
like a very much a traveling buddy uh, uh, to go along with that. Um, so it, it, in terms of the Big Ten, this, this is great news. Uh, for the Pac-12, this is as terrible as it could get. Because um, now you got USC, UCLA leaving, and you lose out on the entire LA market. Now, the Big 12, they were able to respond lo losing Texas and Oklahoma by adding some pretty big uh, market, market uh, areas such as Orlando, Cincinnati, uh, Salt Lake City with, the B with BYU's uh, LDS ties in the state of Utah. Uh, I mean, you also try, I mean, you can try and get Houston back uh, from Texas A&M, uh, possibly with the addition of Houston, um, but the Pac-12, um, they, they screwed up big time. Uh, I mean, they had an opportunity to completely decimate the Big 12 last summer by adding a few Texas schools and kind of expanding their footprint. They said no, uh, and eventually, now the Pac-12 is kind of eating it, uh, but, but the jokes write themselves at this point. You lose out on the LA market, which is 40 percent, I believe, of uh, what uh, the Pac-12's overall revenue is. So, I mean, it's going to drop dramatically. And from some of the uh, outside rumors I heard, um, ESPN made a deal towards the Pac-12, which is expected to be twenty-four point five million dollars. Um, that's just not going to slide in today's world of college sports. Um, and to go along with that. It doesn't seem as if everybody's unified. Uh, Oregon, of course, Oregon's trying to learn, get themselves into the Big Ten. Um, and and uh, the most they'll do for the Pac-12 is sign a short-term contract, um, which should be around five years if that's the case. Um, and, then that, and then they'd also bring Washington along uh, as well when it comes to the short-term contract as well. But the big, but I think the biggest key in terms of a situation is that Oregon, Washington, California, and Stanford, those four schools, they want unequal revenue sharing. They want to have the higher, the, the most amount of money that's coming from the conference. And, and this is where the Big 12 expansion comes along. Because if you're, if you're a school like Arizona or Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, especially like Utah, they won the Pac-12 last year, and they're not getting any any uh, any of the higher payments from the Pac-12. Why would you want to Why would you want to be uh, making the same amount of payment as Oregon State and Washington State? I, I, I think I think it'd be foolish, especially for uh, especially for Utah and uh, Arizona with their big basketball brand to make the jump for the Big 12. And I mean, we've heard time and time again the Big 12 is going to be act actively uh, seeking uh, 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 value, uh, what what any teams bring to the table. Um, uh, Yormark said, uh, the new commissioner, Brett Yormark said, conference is going to be open for business. Uh, they're going to leave no stone unturned. Uh, they're going to be really taking a look at what what each uh, what what each team will bring uh, towards the conference. Uh, of course, you got Arizona with its big basketball brand. Um, uh, and just pretty much being the flagship school of the state of Arizona, Arizona State, <laughs> uh, I mean Arizona State. Uh, you'll, hey, Arizona uh, State, they're pretty good at hockey, I think. So. Yep, yep, <laughs> they're getting a new hockey arena too. But um, yeah, they are. Yep, with the uh, Coyotes as well. It's going to be kind of a joint arena. Um, but Arizona State, you deliver on the on the uh, Phoenix slash Tempe uh, market. Uh, and then you'll also have Colorado, of course, they'll be bringing in the Denver market, reigniting some rivalries with K-State, KU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. And then Utah over here, uh, they, they've just been uh, one of the top football teams, one of a, it's kind of like K-State, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. They're doing more with less. They're, they're bringing in the talent under Kyle Winningham, and they're producing some of the top, top, uh, top players in the Pac-12. And the, and with that, they're they're producing the most uh, they're producing a Pac-12 champion uh, championship caliber team uh, um, every year. Uh, I think the three out of the last four years, Utah was in the Pac-12 championship. And then that you and then that, and then you also bring back the Holy War and BYU and Utah. So from what I've learned, there's still a lot. There's still a long ways to go. I mean, it's never going to end. Like once until the SEC and the Big Ten just stop. 
once until everybody becomes independent and decides to schedule on their own, nothing is going to end. Um, but, 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 uh, but the Big Twelve is positioning itself very well to be um, the third, the third, uh, the third top conference, um, especially with where not only the Pac-12 is in, in terms of everything right now, uh, but you also got the ACC uh, struggling with. Uh, a horrible contract deal uh, um, with the grant of rights um, in which uh, you'll be, you'll be, but each team will be uh, sharing a revenue span of uh, $30 million. And um, if you do, if a school like Clemson or Florida state leaves for the SEC, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to, you, you know, like Oklahoma and Texas, uh, they haven't, they, they had to, they would have to pay $80 million to leave early before the contract expires. Well, well, the ACC, it's $500 million. So it, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of cash. And um, well, like I said, it, it's, it's all about seeing what domino is gonna fall next. Uh, a lot of people are saying it, it's gonna hinge on Notre Dame, but you know, the Big 12 can really, the Big 12 can really align itself um, to be, uh, to, um, picking up some of the best of arrests uh, from the other conferences. So that, that's, that's how I look at it. Just a, just a brief overview. I, I pretty much just uh, exploded Blake's brain. Oh my gosh, John, you're awesome. I that was great. I that was so much information. It, it's, I it's, mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely chaotic. And I mean, the, the, the Pac-12 journalist is, is what, is what really is driven me towards conference realignment because I, I despise these guys so much. Uh, I, I mean, and, and, and I'll respect my, and I'll respect, uh, I, I'll respect uh, the journalism colleagues uh, that come uh, across America. But John Wilner and uh, Andy, Andy kind of, I'll just kind of mention John Wilner and Andy Staples. They're putting out some false narratives in which um, they're, they're praising more for the Pac-12 while trying to, find ways to grave dance on the big 12 and uh, based based on some of the false numbers i mean there, there's a lot of fan bases on twitter that's just that's just piling on on it on them uh, on twitter uh with the likes of iowa state fans k-state fans texas i mean the texas tech fans have been absolutely uh, absurd on twitter as of late uh just going after not only them but the tcu athletic director for whatever reason i mean but you even got pac-12 schools Pac-12 journalists are starting to argue with each other as well. Um, with Jason Shear in Arizona, he pointed out the false numbers, and he and uh, he and I want to say John Wilner uh, started bickering back and forth for, with each other. But oh wait, it's John. It's a uh, Andy. Is it Andy Calzano? It might be Andy Calzano. I'm not sure. So, I don't know. but but to sum it up, um, there's just a lot of instability not uh with the pac 12 and um, a lot of people are saying oh this is this is terrible news for pac 12 hopefully it survives uh but and, and the reason why the big 12 fans are mad about it is that because they didn't get the same amount of treatment as they did back in the summer in which everybody was like oh my gosh uh hopefully we're looking forward to leaving k-state iowa state baylor out in the dust uh what we're gonna grave dance on them just because of how uh, incredibly mediocre they are, uh, but you know what? Uh, okay, if you want, I mean, if you, if you want to play for, if you want to play that game, I mean, for a league that went for for a league like the Pac-12, they go zero and five against a team from against a team that lost to UAB in a bowl game, and, and to add to that, uh, an zero and two record versus two teams that uh, two teams from the Big Twelve and a four and five record versus the Mountain West. I, I don't know how much more mediocre that, that could possibly be. I mean, to go along with that, I, I mean, y- Utah has a chance to join some of the peers that actually care about football. What favors is it going to do for you to play in these uh, empty stadiums like Stanford and Cal and Oregon State? I, I, I don't understand. I, I, under, I mean, I, I get you, you got Oregon and Washington. You still got the two biggest brands of the conference. But there's going to be a lot of factors in which uh, there's going to be potentially some teams like Arizona that are wanting to bolt because just with the ultimate ultimate um, 
st stability and leadership that Pac-12 is uh, facing right now. It's just not going their way. And uh, they're not going to receive any good news with our TV, uh, TV deal anytime soon. Yeah, quite frankly, it seems like it's everyone for themselves, basically within the Pac-12, because, I mean, it was a similar thing that happened to the Big 12 last year. You lose your two biggest moneymakers in Texas and Oklahoma. And what do we do? We respond pretty quickly and get four solid teams in terms of their ability, you know, athletically, but also what they bring in terms of money and being able to have 12 teams in the Big 12 is really good. And we bounce back and we're still alive. And the Pac-12 loses their two biggest moneymakers and they're just crumbling apart and beating themselves from the inside. I mean, mm -hmm. John, how much longer do you think it, do you think the Pac-12 will last in the, five the, years? The, the clock is ticking the, and it would not surprise me to see the Pac-12 dissolve um, either in two years with, uh, I mean, uh, the, this whole conference could, could collapse uh, with one move and it could be with Arizona departing for the Big 12 tomorrow or over the next few days or, or it'll last uh, and like five more years at Patchwork can find a short-term short-term agreement. Um, but nonetheless, the Patchwork, I mean, they're, they're not going to survive this. And I feel for Oregon State and Washington State fans because they were in the same situation, K-State and Iowa State fans, fans like that, they were dealing with um, possibly having to go to the Mountain West, find a consolation home. But you know, but, but the dollar bill speaks in college sports these days. Oh, yeah. And then, um, I mean, does the Pac-12 have any moves? Like, can they, you know, dip into the Mountain West or any of the smaller conferences to get the best teams from there, get like a Boise State or something? Is there anything they can do to try and add teams back? They obviously won't bring anywhere near the revenue that USC and UCLA does, but can they still exist as a conference with 10 to 12 teams? They can exist with 10 teams, but any further expansion from a Pac-12 Pac side of things, uh, it's not going to further move a needle. I mean, losing UCLA yeah. and USC and that LA market, I mean, there's no ways to recover from that, um, in which that, that instantly will remove some of the uh, bigger market teams off. Of, I mean, some of the smaller market teams off the board uh, with Boise State. Um, not, not by, I don't think Boise State's going to, uh, see themselves in. I, I think the three, three hottest names right now for Pac-12 expansion is probably San Diego State, Fresno State, and SMU. Uh, yeah. You're able to get them. You're able to get them to the Texas footprint with SMU, um, and then you're and then uh, you're able to add a Southern California presence with San Diego State. I just don't see that happening in in the long run. And then, I mean, good luck trying to uh, poach the Big 12 because, I mean, that the Big 12 is not going to – nobody at this point is going to uh, join a, a Titanic. Yeah. I mean, like, like I mentioned before, the Pac-12 is just an ultimate Titanic. Uh, before we do get off, though, I do have, I do have a suggestion. Um, but wh wh while San Diego State may not add the overall value right now, um, San Diego State can make a big case for the Big 12 if it if the Big 12 is ever interested. Um, but but San Diego State, uh, I mean, they're getting a new sparkling football stadium. They have a seven and two record against the Pac-12, top 25 men's basketball program, top 25 football program constantly, nation's 27th largest TV market, and uh, um, with the way their campus is growing uh, around the city of San Diego, that is anticipated to potentially move up the TV numbers as well. Um, so it, it, it provides a growing presence in Southern California um, and with their new stadium and their new campus, they should become a new flagship school of the Cal State system as well. So, um, and then maybe you can bring along like an Arizona or Boise State and then you would have three teams out to the East, three teams out to the West and you kind of, and you can kind of put, you can kind of like, show some strong presence over in ACC country, Pac-12 country, stuff, stuff like that. I mean, that, that's, that's the type of stuff I think about. Like, what is there, there's a type of potential, but you have to also look at some of the uh, type of value that they'll bring. But uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see overall what happens in the long run. There's so I, many, I, diff I, so I, many different things so can happen. It, it's absolutely chaotic, Blake. And yeah. But for, for K-State, I mean, for K-State fans, all, all I could say is, thank God we are in this position. 
uh, compared to last summer because it, I mean, the big 12, the big 12 has always been poached um, when, when in reality, the PAC 12 should be the ones getting poached for the most part, because Larry Scott did not do the PAC 12 any favors. Um, back, back, back in 2010, they were on the verge of adding Texas and Oklahoma uh, and potentially some others to form this mega to officially form the first mega conference. And they were going to have some good TV, uh, a good TV network slot associated with Fox or ESPN. That doesn't happen. They make one on their own, and 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 years later, but the conference network is is absolutely horrific. It, it's worse than nothing. It, I mean, the, the the TV the TV network is absolutely uh, abysmal on uh, conference standards. But um, that and you also and that and also uh, Larry Scott, he's using Pac-12 money uh, to to pay rent for his op for his expensive offices in San Francisco as well. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there's just the, the Pac-12 at this point, they're, they're kind of getting what they deserved um, for not only the Larry Scott situation, but the way they're, the, the way they're treating uh, some of the big 12 schools at this point. I mean, they, they, they're, they're asking for all of it. And I, I do understand there's going to be a lot of jobs broken. I mean, a lot of jobs lost. Um, what if the Pac-12 does eventually dissolve? But you know, but I mean, the Big 12 was in a similar position, and nobody was taking our side except for the folks here in flyover country, is what they all say. And uh, kudos to the fans; they're they're, they're lashing out on some of the Pac-12 journalists. I mean, it, I mean, it's it it, it it it's an incredible response. Yeah. I mean, Something I haven't seen, like the Big 12 fans, this unified. I mean, even the Kansas fans, they want to go to the Big 10, but they're going to take shots at the Pac-12. I mean, it, it's it's some it's a cool stuff, though. And yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the Big 12 and Commissioner Brett Yormark, seeing what he's able to do in this new Big 12. I think I think this new conference could go a long way, and especially if they're able to pilot the Pac-12, is what they all say on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, conference realignment is something that's going to keep happening forever and ever, it seems. It just seems to yeah. never end. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a ton of different stuff to talk about. But I think we could probably leave it off there. I mean, that was pretty much a monologue by you, John. You just have – you're just an encyclopedia of information. So it's great to be back here with you. So It's great It's great to be back here with you, man. Uh, I mean, you you know, I mean, doing doing the shows with Colby Van, uh, with Colby Van Camp, I mean, it, it gives me a good opportunity. Uh, do, doing a lot of a radio stuff gives me a good gives me a good uh like it gives me a type of area to kind of like vent some of my thoughts and some of the information <laughs> coming out <laughs> coming out of my head um but n- nonetheless i'm looking forward to broadcasting with you on, on not only for not only for zoom but wildcat 91.9 as well and so yeah it'll be it, great to be it's some good stuff and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It'll be great to be back in the studio. So I think it's a great place to cut it off. Great to be back here, John. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, take our sparkle quizzes. All that stuff will be in the description. Make sure to check out uh, K-State game day and all John's stuff as well. And uh, with that, I think we can go ahead and get out of here. So uh, cats by 90. That's right. That's right.